0: Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know, your ass better call
1: somebody.
0: Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend and tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves. Or in case you will be listening later on your podcast player of choice, once again, it is your man D L. Cool, and this is Cool Radio. <clears throat> Pardon me. Later on in the show, we have recording artist Julia Times in studio once again, blessing us with some new music and a few other things to talk about, of course. And there's a whole bunch of things to talk about. Speaking of that, we got to talk about TI. We got to talk about 50 Cent. We got to talk about, oh, man, there's a there's a list of things to talk about. Like, I had to literally organize what I thought would be the best things to discuss on today's show. And there is a lot to get through. So, with that being said, let's let's break it all down. Um, before we do, however, you know, as far as the main stuff and what have you, there's a few things that I want to get off of my chest. So, with that being said, I think it's time to let that is breathe. Let bitch breathe. Let this bitch breathe i never get bored of that job i just want y'all to know that (laughs) but nonetheless let's get on to it um so a lot of things have transpired this week and a lot of things that i've wanted to discuss but i can't really condense it all into one so i'm gonna try to do my best in regards to that um I'll start off with two things. Uh, so first thing I want to get to, for all my basketball fans out there, it is NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I know a lot of people aren't really looking forward to the actual game itself because it's not as competitive as it used to be. But it is what it is. We're still going to watch either way. Uh, we're going to watch for who's launching their new sneakers, who's doing this, who's doing that. We're all gonna do that. Let's just be honest. No one's gonna boycott it. No one's gonna say, "Oh, well, I'm not gonna watch." No, you're gonna watch it. You're gonna watch that. You're gonna watch the three point contest. You're gonna watch the dunk contest. Even though so many of you guys complain about how oh, there's there's no stars in, in the dunk contest. Well, there's only been a few stars every now and again in the dunk contest. So again, what difference does this make? Either way, have fun with it. It's a it's a break from the monotonous regular season schedule. We're all waiting for the playoffs to happen. Just enjoy yourself. Like if you got to go to somebody's house to do it. So be it. Like I'm going to my boy's house on Saturday to watch all the Saturday night events. Shout out to my man Javel. Um, But yeah, just have fun with it. That's all I would say. And moving on to the more important subject as well, which I really want to discuss, and I'll discuss later on in the show with Julia when we have her on air. Um, we got to talk about the 10-year anniversary of a project that we all know and love, or some deny to love for whatever reason. And I'm talking about So Far Gone, the breakthrough mixtape of our boy Drake. Um, a lot of people may or may not realize, but it's been ten years since that mixtape dropped. Ten years. Like, can you even remember where you were ten years ago? Um, ten years ago at this time, two thousand and nine, second year of college for me. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I was in those. I was in those books back then. Um, but yeah, this is a huge mixtape, and I will be one to admit that when I first listened to it, I didn't understand it. Not that I didn't understand the concepts of it, but I didn't understand, you know, the uh, back and forth of rapping and singing and then rapping and singing because I wasn't used to that. Not to say that I haven't heard rappers sing before or harmonize at the very least. I mean, you had Bone thugs and harmony who did it. You had Nelly who did it in his records. Ja Rule did it in his records and a a bunch of other people as well. But I think the way that Drake did it as far as, you know, having that MC element to himself as well as crooning to the lady, so to speak, we've never really seen that successfully done before and i think he really took the mantle on that and because of that he really changed the rap game in the sense where now you had to rap and harmonize at the very least on all of your records it's not like a few artists like bone thugs and harmony for example who did it but they didn't really do it in a romantic fashion there's is more of like a conscious fashion in the sense but now it's to the point where every rapper or it feels like almost every Every rapper has to do it in order to get mainstream play or whatever the case may be. So I think he uh, paved the way for that. Not only that, but he really changed the way how mixtapes were listened to. For a rapper mixtape, it was always tagged with a DJ, meaning you always had the DJ shouting out his name or your name or whatever other projects are coming out. Like those DJ Clue mixtapes back in the day. But... With him, there were no tags on it at all, so it was a mixtape that sounded like an album. It was structured like an album, and I'm not saying that he was the first one to do that because there are other mixtapes that came up beforehand that did that, but he basically took that to the next level where every rapper was putting out a mixtape that was structured like an album, and you were probably downloading it off of datpiff.com at the time because Lord knows I was. Uh, he revolutionized that. The MySpace game, he definitely revolutionized that as well. I mean, there weren't too many artists out there who were getting discovered off of MySpace outside of maybe Soldier Boy, for example. But yeah, it's someone like Drake who had the credibility of someone who was a talented lyricist, who wrote songs for others, and who was a decent singer at best, who was getting discovered off of a quote-unquote millennial platform. So I think he really changed the game in that regard as well from a digital standpoint. And going back to the whole mixtape structure like albums, you don't really see that a whole lot anymore because now the streaming game has taken into effect. And the difference between streaming and mixtapes is that with the mixtape, you're sometimes doing cover songs or you're doing freestyles over other people's beats and instrumentals. And because of that, you have to worry about uh, sample clearances and stuff like that. So you can't really put those mixtapes onto a streaming platform. Whereas a streaming platform, as long as all the songs are are yours, you own the original content and whatever samples you have on there are cleared, then you could put it on there. So I think the streaming platform probably recognize that and try to evolve itself in that form and fashion as well. And, with the artists, Drake himself included, they evolved with that too. So now, if they do have a project coming out, and let's say it's not their official project, but something to kind of hold the fans over for a little bit, you now have the streaming the uh, the streaming platform to do so. And not only that, but you're not putting out free music anymore. So the more you sh- the more uh, streams your your records get, you're gonna get paid for it rather than putting it up for free, which is cool. But at, at the same time, these artists need to eat. They need to get their money. You know, I think of somebody like Big Crip who was putting out. Classic mixtape after classic mixtape And it's like dude We appreciate you doing that But you deserve to get paid off of this man The next project you put out I want to buy it Like make me buy it I don't care what anyone else will say. We need to buy the record Because you're putting out great content And so that's another way that Drake really changed the game with that So Far Gone mixtape. And it's funny because I haven't even gotten into the songs yet. Like, I'm talking about all the ways he changed with the platforms and how to consume the music, but I haven't even gotten into the songs yet. I mean, man, where do we start? I think when it comes to the songs on the record, I mean, it starts off beautiful with Lust for Life. You know, It's almost somewhat of like a spoken word intro you know, to into the entire project. You have Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, which is kind of like a – I think it's kind of like An ode to the strip club scene Because it's very prevalent Within like the South In America And what have you And then you had A whole bunch of Great freestyles on there Like Say You Will Off of uh, Off of Kanye's 808s and Heartbreaks And the way he remixed it Was Masterful And then he even brought in his musical horizons By um, doing a free, not freestyle But basically his own rendition, a cover if you will Off of uh, that record a little bit from likely I think she's the sweetest artist And I think with that mixtape For me, I can't really speak from a, uh, for anyone else But for me, it helped me broaden My ear for music, it wasn't just My usual hip hop and R&B and what have you Once in a while I would listen to Something outside the genre but I think with this mixtape, as well as, and I got to give credit to N.E.R.D.'s Scene Sounds album, those two projects in particular really brought in my ear for music and helped me listen to music outside of the culture more consistently to give myself more creative ideas um, as far as what I would like to write or what I would like to you know discuss and talk about and what have you. So Drake really deserves a lot of credit for how the game is today. Um, I know he was inspired by uh, Kanye's 808s and Heartbreaks album, which really set the tone for a lot of artists that you hear now today. And I feel like Drake took that to the next level with the So Far Gone project. And I know there are some people who don't really like Drake, because whether it's because of the sound or they're just jumping on the popular hate Drake bandwagon and what have you. But you got to acknowledge the fact that he changed the game forever. The only knock I would give to Drake is that, and I don't think this is necessarily his fault of his own because what he did on this project was so different, was the fact that each project he's put out since So Far Gone hasn't really lived up to So Far Gone. And that's not his fault. I mean, he kind of pulled a Nas on himself because everyone always says that Illmatic from Nas is Nas's greatest project, and he hasn't done anything since then. But when you have something so revolutionary and groundbreaking, it's kind of hard to follow up. And, you know, a lot of people say that so far gone is Drake's greatest album, but can't really call it an album, though, because there's a whole bunch of freestyles on it and songs on it that aren't his, that he's doing covers on that didn't get cleared. So, in essence, it's really a mixtape. So you can say it's his greatest project overall, but you can't really call it an album, though. You definitely can't call it an album. Um, but what I found interesting today, actually, is that not just Apple Music, but all the streaming platforms out there, like Spotify and what have you, they have now put So Far Gone on their platforms. So that's really cool because, again, like I was just saying, half of those songs aren't his. Like There are covers that didn't get sampled, but I guess they, Drake, OVO, whomever they worked out a deal with all the streaming platforms or what have you to put it on there. I don't know if it's going to be on there for a limited time because it is the anniversary right now. But I think it's a good look that they're putting it on there. And what I find interesting is that you may have kids nowadays – well, not kids, but teenagers, I should say, maybe 15, 16 years old who never even listened to So Far Gone. And they're listening to all these artists that were influenced by So Far Gone, but they never really knew where that influence came from. So now, if all these teenagers, 15, 16 years old, who were five or six back in 2009 – have mobile devices, which I'm assuming they do, they can just stream that album, or sorry, mixtape rather, and then they can listen and understand why it was such a big deal, how Drake was able to propel himself with this project. So it'll be interesting to see how the younger generation takes to it if they do decide to listen to it. But nonetheless, So Far God is easily a classic mixtape, and it's one of the greatest mixtapes of all time for all the reasons I just listed. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Either way, let me know. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, let me know on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC. And coming up after the commercial break, we got recording artist Julia Tynes in studio. We're going to talk a whole lot about a whole bunch of things that really need to be discussed. So with that being said, keep locked. This this is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after the break. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And finally, alas, we have our guest for the evening. Now, she is no stranger to Cool Radio. Really. She's been here before. It's been about four five months, maybe, give or take. Um, try to think about how long it's been since then. Eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Possibly, possibly. But nonetheless, uh, she is a very talented uh, singer within the Toronto community, and she is here to bless us once again with some music that she's been creating, as well as a few things that we would like to discuss on tonight's show. With that said, I have the lovely and talented Julia Tynes in studio. What up, what up? Yes, yes. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you for coming by. You're a very busy individual, so I do appreciate it. Truth. That's <laughs> totally. Uh, so what have you been up to since the last appearance on the show?
2: Uh, Well, uh, I released, I guess, like eight months, Mm -hmm. I released another single. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was featured on Virgin Radio, which is pretty sick. Um, Put a nice band together, so we've been playing regularly in Toronto Mm -hmm. and a little bit around town. Um, I was nominated for a Nova Scotia Music Award, which is great. Thank you. I have to, of course, of course. Um, Big up. (laughs) Yeah, so lots of stuff.
0: Absolutely, and how's like how's the transition been from like you know being nominated for these different awards and, and getting a band together and what have you? Like, what's the transition been like for you?
2: Um, well, I think most artists know that the the grind doesn't stop; it mm. just keeps going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just sort of get one thing together, and then there's just another project. So, it's it's been. You know, keep, keeping me busy.
0: Right, absolutely. As, as it should, as it should. And you've been enjoying the process, I'm assuming. Of course, yes, yeah.
2: Love yes. everyone loves playing live. It's just I don't know about everybody, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's good energy.
0: <clears throat> right, right. Just the energy they're feeding off of the crowd and what have you. I'm assuming.
2: And the other band people, the mm-hmm. the musicians, they're awesome, mm-hmm. and they just bring a lot to the
0: stage. So. Mm-hmm.
2: I go off, they go off. I go off more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a sub. Yeah. Now we are in, you know, Black History Month, of course, right, right mm-hmm. in the middle of it. And
2: <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I love it. I love it. Nah, in case y'all didn't even see that, Julie just give you like this, this face right now is great. It's great. I love it. That it pretty much explains, you know, a lot of the things that have been happening this month uh, in a myriad of different avenues, which we will touch on. Uh, but before we do all that um being you know a black artist and what have you um and so many different influential artists that have come from the black community canada and america and just worldwide in general you know how inspired does it make you feel you know that you looked up to these people you know growing up and tried to maybe put a little bit of their spin on your music as well as your own as well
2: well I mean, if you've been following me on Instagram at all, you'll know that uh, being a black artist is very important to me. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Well, I've been following, don't (laughs) (laughs) you?
2: And, um, yeah, I definitely, I'm a pop artist, Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of soul to what I do, and of course, that comes from my black heritage Mm -hmm. and listening to a lot of artists, um... Motown, I love Motown. So I find there's a lot of like storytelling that I get from that, and mm-hmm. um, even having conversations with my dad um, and his understanding of Motown. Mm-hmm. Um, he had kind of pointed out because I was saying how I wanted to tell a story like them, mm-hmm. and he was saying, "Well, what they did though was tell a story from a black perspective. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know white artists at the time couldn't couldn't laugh or make a joke about cheating, mm-hmm. and so so now from that I'm like, oh that's interesting to look at it from not just that as black artists but really a black perspective. Right. So I'm trying to add those kind of things to my my new stuff that I'm coming up with.
0: Excellent. Now you mentioned Motown. Now I'm so glad you did uh, because. The Grammys took place uh, this past Sunday, and there was a bit of controversy uh, with Jennifer Lopez as she was part of the Motown tribute. Now, not only was she a part of it, but she sang lead for the majority of the, the performances. Um, you being a black artist, like, how did you feel about that? What was your take on that?
2: I think they wanted somebody who was going to be a performer, mm-hmm. and they wanted somebody, you know, if... if uh... <laughs> Bruno Mars was free. Maybe he would have been the lead from that, even though he's not black. They wanted somebody who was going to be a lead, a lead performer. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, J Lo isn't a vocalist first, and Let's uh, talk about it. So, so I think it's not so much that she wasn't black. It was mm-hmm. just that she wasn't carrying the soul with her voice. Right. Um, I'm sure live it was it was epic, mm-hmm. um, but watching fr- a video afterwards, yeah. you know you were like, oh, couldn't beyonce or I mean even let Adele down there like right like she actually like, has a soul uh, element. She does yeah. so um yeah I was I was hoping to see. Some, some, just some more, some more soul to it.
0: Right. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, was this a decision that was made by the Grammys? Or was this a decision that was made by Barry Gordy? Because if, if it was by Barry Gordy, who's a co founder of Motown, then I'm like, okay, I get it. You got the co sign. But now I'm looking at Barry Gordy because you, of all people, should know that Motown is a, is a historically black label. And with that said, if you're doing the 20th anniversary or if you're doing the anniversary of it altogether, then you should have. A black lead, in my personal opinion, or at the very least, someone who does have that soul element.
2: I wish Alicia had just right? She just was hosting, delivered
0: it. She like, was hosting the show. Really, she was she I was doing know. two pianos at yeah. the same time. Like clearly, she had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey guys, two pianos, just sing. <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure. So you know, I I definitely agree with you there. I right. would have I would have liked to see it represented. Uh, represent Motown mm-hmm. better for
0: sure. And I'm trying to think to myself, like, was JLo promoting something at the time? Like did she have something coming out? Because that's the only way I could think of why they would have her of all people do it. Like they could have had Kelly Rowland do it. They could have had Jennifer Hudson do it, especially when you t- take into consideration she's one of the dream girls. I,
2: I mean I guess the only thing is those are those are singers first and they're gonna stand not stand there, but they're mm. gonna give a more static performance in terms of like just moving around the stage, Right. so maybe for the Grammys they were just like, we really want that full dance number, which of course is less important when yeah. it comes to Motown. I mean, you could have you could have done their kind of choreo. Right. I didn't even see that that classic trio choreo. Right. So.
0: And that kind of explains again. It goes back into the disconnect. Yeah, like with there was the a Grammys disconnect with, with yeah. the Grammys
2: and what Motown actually is. Yeah. And was. So right. I don't know. I don't know and, what happened there. I yeah, was like, what?
0: it's a bit of a it's a bit of a headache, a hell of a head scratcher. I mean, you had Alicia was hosting the damn show. <laughs> like, yeah. go
2: on. And <laughs> they had all those wonderful. I mean,
0: I mean, hell, they even had Fantasia do the uh, tribute for to Aretha Franklin.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I would even say even Arya Grande would have done a better job because at least she would have had the the vocals
0: right. And J Lo does not have that. I mean. I could be wrong, but it looked like there were parts of that performance where she was lip-syncing.
2: Oh, well, I'm sure she was. And if
0: that's the case, and that's, man, that's a kick in the pants right there, to say the least, because this Motown, you know what I mean? Like, you got to do Motown they, right.
2: They did it live. They did it right.
0: Absolutely. They nailed it. Exactly. And before it was Motown, it was Cadillac records, like, you, like, there was a long lineage of black performers within America. No. As far the as... more
2: we talk about this more, it's like, there are so many black artists who could have nailed right. it that it's like, it just shouldn't have happened. Right? You
0: could have gotten her you know, to do that. Do, it. do a got... tribute to
2: Selena and have JLo. Do a tribute it, to Motown.
0: Mm.
2: Have somebody who actually has been influenced by Motown. Because right. I don't think JLo's music has been influenced no, by Motown. No, not at all.
0: <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest bit. And like, again, JLo's not the strongest vocalist. And that's me putting it lightly. And it's funny because like, if there was anyone, like, let's say you just mentioned the Selena, like a Selena tribute. If it was someone who was non Latina to do a Selena tribute, I'm sure people would be up in arms. Like people, at least within that community, would be up in arms. You know, so like mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be a level of authenticity when when, when something like this comes yeah, about. Yeah,
2: they're not going to do a tribute to um, to country music and have Beyonce lead it. Right. Exactly. So then why? So if it's not going to be that crisscross, then you can't just now. plaque people are just getting cut out.
0: Exactly. Fact. <laughs> exactly for real, and oh man, and like there's so many things that. Um, that I've been noticing like this month in particular when uh, for, for Black History Month, like this year, I should say, like mm. there's so much disrespect. <laughs> like, this is probably been, like one of the most disrespectful black history months that I've I've witnessed from like a media standpoint. Like just the way, you know, black art, black entertainment just often gets kinda of, like looked down upon and disrespected from like different media outlets and what have you. Like I've I've seen it on, on a smaller scale and I've just seen it on a large scale this year as well. Um what I want to talk to you about in particular is, you know, you were mentioning, um, you know, if you've been following, you know, my Instagram and social feed and what have you, you put up a post, I think it was last week, that was mm-hmm. very poignant. And I was so glad that you, that you posted it. Thank and you. You, no, thank you. <laughs> I should be thanking you because I've had this discussion with so many people on so many. I had a discussion on my own show, all right? Right. Because I feel passionate about this. Um, but you basically uh, put up a post uh, and you're talking about the idea of blackness and what it means to be black, et cetera, mm-hmm. and people's perceptions of that based on what we see in media and what have you. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so if you could you know, just kind of shortly elaborate on, on what it is that you're that you discussing.
2: Um, in short, I was just saying there's a difference in being um, visually black mm-hmm. and your identity as a black person. Right. So a visually black person mm-hmm. and a person of black heritage who's, mm-hmm. who's not, you know, Walking down the street, people might not know you're black. Mm-hmm. Um, may have a different identity,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, but they both would have black heritage th- that is contributing to their identity. Right. So that's just to say that black people don't all have the same identity. Right. Um, so it's not it's not <coughs> it's not to claim that um, I would have the same upbringing and and the same experience as somebody who is a visual minority. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have black parents mm-hmm. and that's something that white, a white person doesn't have. Right. Exactly. And I, and I have, you know, my great, great grandfather um, did escape from slavery. That's something mm-hmm. um, that has shaped my family um, and has shaped who I am. And mm-hmm. to say, because my skin is lighter, mm-hmm. um, that that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's just, it's hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, Angering. Oh, yeah, I'm like, course. is angering a word? It <laughs> is now. <laughs> it's angering. Um, it, to almost say, you know, to be me, I have to be less me. It's just ridiculous. Right.
0: And I totally understood where you're coming from. I definitely empathize. Because I feel like when it comes to the black experience, especially like with, with the North America, I can't really speak for anywhere else, but with North America, there's this idea of what it means to be black based on what you see in the public, based on what you see in media in general. And if you... Diverge away from that In any form or fashion That you're not considered black Which I find is asinine Like I was explaining On your post on social mm-hmm. media um, the, the other day Or what have you From my experience Because of me Like you see me Like I'm a visible minority There's mm-hmm. no if and if, Or buts about it I'm not you know Ambiguous or anything like that Like I'm black right mm-hmm. And I'm first generation Canadian So my immediate heritage Is Ghanaian and Nigerian So that's western Africa Basically So that's where my parents Come from And I have faced Personally, myself, I face prejudice from people on those ends. Not not all people, of course. I don't want to put any aspersions on on the whole cast of people. Mm-hmm. But I've experienced uh, people telling me that I'm not really, you know, African because of the fact that I was born here. So, if you're trying to take that aspect away from me just because of the fact that I was born on you know a diasporic soil, then you being here as well, what does that mean to you? Like, are you? Are you now saying that you yourself are less black as well because you're here too? Because that's basically Mm -hmm. the same reason why you're denigrating me. So I feel like a lot of people, they really need to open up their minds and broaden their minds on what blackness is, like especially within the community as well, because we're not one monolith. Like we all have different thoughts, views, and opinions or what have you. Mm -hmm. And the thing I hate the most is that, going back to my earlier point, is let's say you partake in an interest that isn't stereotypically black for for anything. Mm -hmm. The moment you air that out, there's always gonna be one people or a group of people or a vocal minority to say, Oh, that's that white people stuff, you know? You're you're not really black for liking that. So it's just like, why can I like why can I like basketball and Tom it's, and Jerry for at just, the same time, you know what I so mean. It's so limiting. It's it so is.
2: limiting. And of course, you understand that as a group and the history, um, you know, you want to stick together. And of course, you're going to be proud of the things that Black people have come <laughs> come to known for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, soulful singing, mm-hmm. basketball. But of course, to limit yourself to those are the only things that we we can be interested in and be wonderful at is just the, okay. End game. That's it. Right. Exactly. There's so much more. Um, so it's not to say that you you're going to totally forget everything that has been accomplished. Right. But it's like, we're glad we did that and now we're moving on to other things as well.
0: Exactly. Like like we shouldn't we shouldn't shy away from seeing black people in other spaces that don't nec- don't that don't normally occupy black people. Like we can't, and mind you, this is before though, all the controversy, but we can't make fun of Tiger Woods because he's the only black golfer. We can't make fun of, let's say, uh, I'm trying to think of this guy's name, uh, Jerome McGinley for being one of the few only black hockey players in the NHL at one point in time. Uh, even like when it comes to stuff like animation, for example, like, there's not a whole lot of black voice actors within animation as well so we shouldn't denigrate them because they chose the path to being like a black voice in in animation so there's so many different spaces that that we occupy and then we should all encourage them just as much as we would encourage somebody who is a recording artist or somebody who is an athlete in a quote-unquote black populated uh, black populated sport it just Mm -hmm. shows how diverse we are as a people and as a people we're not Again, we're not all one monolith. We have different cultures that we come from. So my Ghanaian-Nigerian culture may be different from, from your culture that, that that you came up under as well. But it doesn't take away from the fact that we're both black. It doesn't matter what shade we are. We still have black history entrenched within our blood.
2: And I think it just needs to be talked about more as well because I'm from Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, we have T-shirts, they say. We've been here 400 years. Um, so there's a culture and a history there um, that has nothing to do with Africa, right? And so, to grow up as a black person there, um, you you might not have a lot in common with someone from Africa, right? And and is that does that make it any less black? I certainly don't think so. I, I sincerely I doubt that. Don't like think you're, ta- so. you're,
0: you're, you're talking to somebody who was born raised here, but has immediate roots to Africa and has been called not black or not African because of the fact that I'm born here. So if they're telling that to me, you know, like then like we have a problem at the very least. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that we as a people, like regardless of where you're from, here, Jamaica, wherever, it's something that we have to work on. Like, we can't let media dictate what blackness is to us. At the end of the day, as individuals, we should dictate what blackness means means uh, to one another. Your version of blackness may be my, maybe my, maybe a different version of blackness that I have, but it's still blackness nonetheless. So I'm not going to tell you no, that's not black enough, and you wouldn't do the same to me either. And I think that's the way it should be. Like Absolutely. if this if this is how you represent black culture, more power to you. And I think that's the attitude that all of us should have going forward.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree.
0: For sure. Now, we are going to get into the games portion. This is a a portion that you're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, with that said, we're going to get that track queued up. And it is a game that we like to call Cool or Uncool. And I'm going to play it just like this. There we go. All right, there we go. So, I'll give you a little bit of a refresher since it's been quite a while since we've been here. So, I have a whole bunch of scenarios. Mm-hmm. And you're going to let me know if they are cool or uncool. And feel free to uh, dive in, you know, mm-hmm. provide some context behind okay, your reasoning, because okay. I always like the story I always like to know the story behind it. So. Sure. But nonetheless, <clears throat> let's get to it. So the first scenario that I have on deck as I unlock my tablet. There we go, passcodes in there, cool. Okay. Um <laughs> Snow again, aka the Ducky Storm in Toronto. Cool or uncool. The storm? Yeah.
2: Oh, it was super uncool. <laughs> it was super uncool. Uh, I don't have snow tires. I'm sorry. I'm one of those people that everyone hates. Uh, but it only snowed, like, this twice a year. Right. Um, so it wasn't a big deal until I was on Broadview, and it was a blizzard, and I was stuck, and I couldn't move, like, five times my way home. And right. people were, like, beeping at me and, like, also trying to help me, too. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So uncool
0: Fair enough I would definitely go Give that an uncool as well I remember I think it was Two weeks ago It was super cool Like negative 25 Negative 20 That stopped me From going to the gym That entire week So definitely uncool um, Oh television Cool or uncool
2: It's uncool It's so passe Right right Yeah <laughs> Save your dollar bills Pay for Netflix cheaper <laughs> And just I mean come on Who wants to like Wait to see what they want just...
0: Right and I don't think, need to. And I think that's the, the, the generation, the culture that we're in now, because everything's on demand nowadays. Like, why sit through commercials, you know? Even when I PVR something, like, the minute a commercial break happens, it's like, oh, skip, 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 and then yeah, that's the show.
2: forget commercials. <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy that we even dealt with that for as long as we did.
0: I know, right? I think the only thing I really watch on TV nowadays is, like, sports, and then maybe, like, the random live event, but that's about it, really. That's
2: all there is. Yeah. And, I mean, I think... what did I? I TV is soon going to be streaming everything anyways so. oh yeah
0: but then they're just going to create like a whole other monopoly and it's like hey okay, you gotta subscribe to this thing yeah and, like it's it's game but hard we'll to do. we'll find a
2: way with. around it like we always do that all right we'll get like another
0: like digital box or something like exactly. that <laughs> it's always something yeah uh let's see here oh we were just talking about this actually um black history month in february cool or uncool
2: I mean, it's the shortest month, we know. It's like just getting gypped again. Yeah. And to be honest, though, there's like a lot of discussion about like, oh, it should be all year long. Okay, come on now. (laughs) The year isn't going to be Black History Year all year, (laughs) every year. (laughs) Like, come on. So I am happy to have a month, you know, where we focus on it. Mother's Day all year long. Of course it is, but we have a reminder and for the people who who just, you know, are tuning out or they don't have a connection to it, that's, yeah. that's a time to remind them and educate right. them, so... You know, having a month is good, but right. probably like a longer one.
0: Right. Like January would be dope, you know, starting off the year, right? Because it's like the longest month of the yeah, year.
2: Yeah, that like could be good. Four could and a good. half
0: weeks. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think it's definitely important because not a lot of people know about the contributions that black people have made, you know, within North America at the very least. So I think this I gotta is bring
2: important. up one. I have to bring up one. Oh, please, please. So, um, the slap shot invented by black people.
0: Oh, there see? Hold on, hold on. Ooh. That's not even in our sport, and we gave y'all something. You're welcome. That's right? There was a
2: colored league. It's originally from Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, my great grandfather played in it, and they were really rough, really tough. And um, it's been noted on Wikipedia. Check it out.
0: There you go. See, the more you know, people, the That's more you right. know.
2: Black people.
0: Yes, hockey, especially when it comes to this country as well. They do love their hockey. Mm-hmm. They just don't like it when certain people play hockey. I'm just saying. We'll uh, <laughs> jab it there, um, and then let's go with one more. Actually, Valentine's Day, cool or uncool?
2: I think it's uncool. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't need it. Right. I don't need it. Just every day is Valentine's Day for me. There you go. <laughs>
0: With the (laughs) boo-tang. It's,
2: it's, you know, chocolates. And, I mean, we're in Toronto, so you can just, like, go have a meal with someone you love, like, for, like, five bucks any day. Like, you know.
0: Exactly. And I feel like as soon as people realize how, in terms of, like, the marketing of Bounces and how it's all, like, a monopoly, how it's all a game for them to spend endless amounts of money or whatever just for one day – the better off they'll be. <laughs> that's that's all it is.
2: I think it's fun when you're like a teenager. It's an excuse to like tell someone you like them. But once you're an adult, you're like, okay, yeah. I like you, and you already knew that.
0: Yeah. Even even as a even as a teenager, like I didn't really. I don't think there's. One, I was dating a girl one time, like around that around that time, whatever. But like we didn't really care. It's like happy Valentine's Day, I guess.
2: <laughs> oh, I got some gifts back then. It was good. Oh, look
0: at you, yeah, this heartbreaker. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, I think this is an appropriate time to get to this next game that we have, which is called I'd Quit the Game. Oh. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Now, I'll give you a refresher on this one as well since it's been a minute. But uh, in this game, you know, in an alternate universe, alternate mm-hmm. universe, okay. uh, you are the eligible bachelorette. All right. All right. So you are wheeling, dealing, kiss, <laughs> dealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. But there comes a point in everyone's life where they got to quit the game, so they got to settle down and have the kids move into the white home with the white picket fence, with the tire swing, apple pie cooling on the windowsill. That's not so bad. Yeah, tire yeah. swing. Tire swing is okay. Cool. No, know, winter tire swing maybe. The Spud McKenzie dog, you know, in, in the background and what have you. Uh, so, with that said, if you were to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen that I've handpicked, who would you quit the game for? And this is going to be the uh, early two thousands edition. Okay. of I Quit the
2: Game. Okay, I remember people then. Now I don't remember anybody. Yeah. So, okay. Would you quit the
0: game for Omarion or would you quit the game for Usher? Oh, God. Usher.
2: <laughs> Usher. Oh, my God. Like, what was that first song? That, oh, I can't was remember.
0: Was it Nice and Slow?
2: Maybe. One of his early, early songs. It was so sexy.
0: Oh, it had to be Nice and Slow then. I just wanna take it nice and slow. Was it that one?
2: I don't know. Now I'm thinking of other songs. Oh, you that the one with "That new That was a big what record. That was like '97. I do. think that was a good one. But there was another song even before that. But yeah, sure.
0: He, he had a lot of hits. Yeah, I think for me personally, my favorite album from him was Confessions. Like 2004. That was a good. That was like peak Usher. Like he was yeah, in the bag of that one. And good. they And even A701 was pretty dope too. You remind me you don't have to call.
2: Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, you don't
0: have to call. That was my favorite record.
2: That
0: That was a big record. Yeah, it was good times. Definitely, it was. Man, times were just easier back then. Like no responsibilities, very little. We were in school. Exactly. (laughs) Like I think I was still in the eighth grade or something like that. Like good times. I can't do the
2: math. I'm purposely not doing the math. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh man, but hey, listen, if anyone asks, your black don't crack, all right? There you go. <laughs> with that said, ladies and gents, I still have Julia Tynes in studio with me right now. When we get back, we have Trip Talk, so three of the hottest topics that took over pop culture. And with that said, we'll be right back after the break. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all, welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. I still have the lovely and talented Julia Tynes in studio. Hey, 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 there you go. Now, let's get into trip Talk, ladies and gentlemen. So that's three topics in three minutes. Um, Let's just jump right into it. So first topic involves Floyd Mayweather, TI, and 50 Cent. Now, how it involves Floyd Floyd Mayweather is this. Basically, what ended up happening was um, amidst all the controversy of Gucci and the the blackface ski mask that they put out, a lot of black people are saying, you know, cancel Gucci, cancel this, cancel that, boycott them, et etc. Et Meanwhile, Floyd Mayweather, being the uh, money-bag man that he is, he went to a Gucci store, sacks of cash, and bought a whole bunch of Gucci stuff. All right? So he posted this on social media. He obviously knew what he was doing. He's known for being an agitator. He likes to garner attention off social media. We know his ploy. So that's what he did. Now, T.I. decides to drop a diss track uh, to uh Floyd, Maywe- Floyd Mayweather, I literally can't remember the name of the record, but I actually haven't even heard the record to be honest. But he basically put out a diss record, um, calling him all sorts of names under the sun and what have you. And Fifty Cent, being another agitator, uh, basically trolled Floyd-, Floyd Mayweather and put out a note, a handwritten note that was in the fashion of how he would perceive. Floyd Mayweather to write it in Now for those of you who don't know Which has been a common thing right now But still nonetheless in case you don't know Floyd Mayweather is illiterate He cannot read, he cannot write So with 50 Cent knowing this information uh, He decided to post a message on social media In regards to that and kind of played off the fact That he could not do any of the things And I'm going to pull it up right now Because it's not necessarily what he said in the note it was how the note was written, all right, and the fashion and style that it was written. So I'm just going to pull it up right now to read because I think this is probably one of the funniest things I've seen all year. I'm sorry. I normally – I mean, I mean, who am I kidding? I do laugh at these things depending on who it's coming from and who it's directed at. And because it's coming from 50 and it's directed at Floyd Mayweather, I feel no remorse about it. I'm sorry. Like you have all the money and the resources in the world to educate yourself But you don't do that Like to me that's just whack But anyways I digress So As I'm opening up the note right now And I'm waiting for the bandwidth to to clear Basically 50 Cent put out the note Stating the following And I quote Why we gotta boycott Gucci Mind you he's reading this in the fashion of Floyd Mayweather So bear with me Why we gotta boycott Gucci (laughs) FTI (laughs) He ain't nobody His career is over I know 50 Cent is gonna see this and say, I did it right. This. F him too, sincerely, Floyd Money May What. Now, again, it's the fashion in which he writes it in that makes it hilarious. So I'm just gonna give you just an idea of what he did. So, for example, he starts off by saying why, not even spelt W H Y, but literally why. And then, and then, and then he literally spells Gucci, G U C Y. <laughs> and then, and then this to me, this is the best one right here. When he says F T I, he literally says T. And then the word I, like E-Y-E, instead of, like, his actual abbreviations. I was laughing so hard today when I saw it. it was actually, uh, Julia, you can read that for me just so you understand, like, oh, how, wow. yeah. 50
2: cents. Yeah. Like, the scents <laughs> that you smell. That's good. That's good.
0: <laughs> Listen, 50, okay. Okay, whew, okay, blood just went rushing to my head right now. All right, 50 Cent is a professional asshole, all right? There's sometimes where I think he's funny, sometimes where I think he's out of line. This right here is hilarious. I'm sorry. This is hilarious based on what has just happened in the story. But, anyways, Julia, hearing the story for the first time, what's your take on it?
2: I think that uh, it's definitely an appropriate uh, response. You know, at least he's not getting all. He's not getting angry to the. You know, the way most people do, where Mm -hmm. we're just going to ignore it. Like, at least we can be like, you're a total douche. Right. And, uh, you know, we can all be down with that.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Especially when it comes to Floyd, because he's just. Out of pocket with half of the stuff that he says, and what he does basically. I mean, this guy is a t- this guy is a person to go into any like club or establishment and just make a rain and all that stuff. And I remember there's one time where he said, you know, why do I gotta give money back to Africa? What's Africa ever done for me? I'm just like, oh god. And then there was one time, this one I took very personal. You know, never mind the Africa stuff. I mean, that too. But still, this one really hurt the most when he said how. He was the greatest boxer of all time, and he said that he was a much better boxer than Muhammad Ali. I'm just like, no, you weren't, fam. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. I actually wrote an article about that a while back, actually. But still, like, you just out of line, out of pocket. But yeah, I mean, Floyd, I think he's just doing this to be an agitator, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how he really feels about you know, spending money in establishments that don't really care for black people. I mean, if he wants to do that, that's his prerogative, but don't try and tell other black people that we should just get over it or that, you know, that it's not important or anything like that because how, you know, other communities see your particular community is ultimately going to be of reflection of how you view yourself as well, Mm -hmm. depending on how you take it. So I feel like, I'm not saying that Floyd has to be the next socially aware activist. I'm not asking him to do that. I I wouldn't want him to do that, but he has to he has to at least be aware. Just be aware of what's happening and just have it in the back of your mind that this is exactly what's happening. And based on what actions you take will determine what path other people will take as well. That's all I'm saying. But again, he's just a douchebag, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. Oh that definitely. Any other thoughts on this or not necessarily?
2: Oh, I'm just thinking about now I'm just like going back to high school and I'm like, did that girl do blackface. <laughs> I'm like, I just like, I, I have this memory of a friend dressing up as with a grill and I'm like, gee. Uh, did that happen? Right. Maybe.
0: I mean I don't know. It depends on the context because grills It was like
2: a costume. It was like, but I'm I'm just trying to remember like if there was like makeup on her face. Right. And like, and
0: that's a thing as well. And,
2: uh, yeah, there was a grill, there was a chain mm-hmm. and there was baggy clothes, but Right. I don't... I'm not sure. Right. So I'm just going back there and I'm like... Oh, right.
0: Because just... you had a very inquisitive look on your face as I was describing the story. Yeah. Right? So I was very curious to get your thoughts on that. Um, but I would say if she's dressed up like a rapper, for example, because girls are part of hip-hop culture, if it's just the clothes that she's wearing and that's a, and that's an outfit, like a... Not an outfit, but Halloween costume or whatever, I'm okay with that personally as long as there's no blackface. If there's blackface or whatever and you want to accentuate your costume by saying you're dressing up as this rapper or whatever, then... All you need is a costume. We don't need you to do all that. Like that's a little extra. <laughs> I always tell people every Halloween, if you're gonna, if you're white and you want to dress up as a rapper, dress as that rapper. You don't have to tan your skin or do anything like that. If you want to dress up like Jay Z, for example, wear an outfit that Jay Z would wear in a music video or something to that extent. You don't have to tan your skin or anything like that. We get it. That you're, you're Jay Z. We get it. That's it. You know what I mean? But once you start doing this with your with your skin and all, it's, no, you Go home, go home, Roger. Go home. That's all. That's it.
2: <laughs> so, in Iranian culture, their their Santa Claus uh-huh. has a black face. Oh God, it's a thing. <sighs> it's, their, it's I mean, it's not their Santa, but it's like their their Christmas like joy bringer man, right? And he has a black face, and that's like a thing.
0: Like it looks like like a like a Sambo blackface, like black skin, red lips, and everything.
2: Uh, I don't know if they does the lips, but they there's black face. So, I mean, it's just I don't know. Like I know I know obviously I know the whole history behind Blackface right. and um, you know, the plays and how people were portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um but it is interesting that there's other cultures who that that's literally nothing to do with that. They're not right. they're not actually being black, they're being like a dark a darker skinned person that's not from Africa. Like it could be just like a darker Middle Eastern person. Right. But it's just it's very strange. Right. Um I would have so to take a look
0: at it just to get like further context behind it cuz I don't want to jump the gun and be like, "Oh, that's racist whatever." Like I, I it, it's it's
2: it's it's not racist because they're not trying to be black people. It's just right. it's it's just a it's a dark, but it is a dark-skinned person, but they bring joy as right. opposed to like the history of blackface where you're being made fun of and belittled. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I was kind of shocked, so it 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 kind of I'm never going to be okay with blackface. Right, right, um, right. But uh <laughs> But it does sort of make you, you know, think about just the whole painting your skin a color. Yeah. And and what do you mean by that? So
0: exactly, I'll be I, I'd be interested to check that out actually just to get like more of a contextual contextualization of that essentially. But yeah, I mean that's what's happening. You know, going back to the Floyd Mayweather story, that's what happened. And what have you. And, you know, I, again, I don't feel sorry for him. Like, he deserves it, whatever. I'm sure he has millions and millions of dollars to cry on or whatever. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, ladies and gentlemen, listening at home, what do y'all think? Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC to share your thoughts. Second topic we got to talk about, this one's more This one's more local, actually. We're, okay. we're getting to some local stuff. So, there was a woman in Toronto... Who goes by the name of Marcella Azoya. Now, she is in the news because she was seen throwing a chair oh, off mean. a balcony that landed in the Gardner Expressway. Uncool. Definitely uncool. <laughs> Definitely uncool. <I> that <laughs> <game came.
2: laughs>
0: now, what ended up happening was she turned herself in and she got released on $2,000 bail. And there is to be a court date set for March. I think it's March 22nd. And they're about to. They're trying to go into trial for this case, basically, and she has a lawyer on her side, uh, probably from mommy and daddy's money, of course. And basically, the lawyer was trying to make up the point of defense that she was peer pressured into doing this act or whatever, and how you know this shouldn't even have to even go to trial. Uh, it should just be a misdemeanor, or it should just be you know just like a guilty plea, and, and she should just get like maybe community service out of this. But my thing is this. You threw a chair off a balcony into moving traffic. That like thankfully there was no accident. There's no fatality or anything like that. But that could have done serious harm. You know what I mean? Like that's just you don't throw anything off a balcony. Like you just don't do that, right? Um, what was your reaction when you first saw that on, on, on the internet?
2: I mean, I was concerned for the cars. Yeah. Generally. I was, you know, I wasn't thinking about her. I was just like like anyone else would be like, "Is that gonna hit someone? Yeah. Oh my god, is is this does it, is this an accident video? Right. Is someone going to hospital? Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, of course, you, you start to think about, gee, she's like really laughing about this. Yep. She's like thinks it's hilarious. and it was just, I mean, it was just such a lack of, of respect for like other people other than yourself. It's right. just such a, a careless, and thoughtless act. I don't know. She Absolutely. needs. She needs some help. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, she needs to be scared straight. That's what she needs.
2: <laughs> she needs something. It's just. I don't know. It's a bit psychopathic. It, it, it is. It is because like
0: it's just common sense. You don't throw something off of a balcony. You know what I mean? And. Going back to her lawyer again, I think her lawyer is trying to say how you know she's been traumatized by the whole situation and what have you. But when you saw, I don't know if you if you saw this video, but there's I a, did
2: see
0: the video. Well, not not oh. the uh, the throwing of the balcony, but like the aftermath of it. So like she was walking out of the precinct and she just got bailed out um, and what have you. And there are reporters asking her, you know, you know, how do you feel about the whole situation, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, she's walking with her little Starbucks frappuccino in hand or whatever. And with this, uh, like, typical basic fashion, and just gets into her car like it's a limo or something like that. I mean, she doesn't feel remorseful at all. Like, I think she was doing this for the attention, because if you look at her...
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was videoed. It wasn't like she did it with her friend. She was, like, looking into a camera and, like... And apparently she didn't just throw the chair off. She threw other stuff off, too, I heard.
0: I I didn't didn't see the video on that. I just saw the chair. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised at the same time, however. Um, but they didn't talk about that stuff. However, they just mainly talked about the chair, and for, for obvious reasons, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, but yeah, like uh, you look at her, the the photos that they have of her and what have you, like she kind of looks like she's like an aspiring Instagram model or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So and she's nineteen as well, like nineteen.
2: I mean, you you do have like some sympathy because I mean, you're. I'm pretty sure your brain is not fully developed at 19. Right. Um, mine wasn't. Uh, although I did have the sense to not try to like kill other people. Yeah. Right? Um. Yeah. So, I I do like feel like I mean, could you be tried as a, as a child? I don't know. It's just.
0: I think it, I think after 17, like you're tried as an adult. I think that's the case. But at the same time. She doesn't have a criminal record prior to this, so I'm not sure what is going to transpire. But like, if she were to be convicted, for example, based on the charges of, I think it's like reckless endangerment or something like that, um, she like the highest sentence she could receive is life imprisonment. That's like the worst case scenario. Um, but it really depends on how this trial goes. Like, I do feel like she needs to be disciplined, and it can't just be a slap on the wrist. Like, she has to. She has to suffer the consequences. Like, you just, you don't do that. Like, I know there weren't any deaths or anything that, that took place. But, again, you got to be punished.
2: And, unfortunately, she's she is maybe going to be using it as, a, as an example with, you know, a few years back. Maybe people wouldn't throw the chair off because there's, an, like, you didn't have an audience. Mm-hmm. Now you have an audience. So you're like, what stupid things can I do? Right. You know, and this definitely would be like, people will be like, okay, I think I will not do something dumb like this. Right. This girl um, has a criminal record. Right. Teachers could probably use us as, as an example in school, mm-hmm. and it sucks to be an example, but um, it probably helps other people.
0: It does, yeah. You know, like, you want to do it all for the gram, for the likes, for the reposts and the retweets. Well, there you go. You can retweet your ass on to jail, <laughs> basically.
2: I mean, I, I hope she doesn't go to jail. Obviously, I, I would hate for a 19-year-old's life to be ruined for being stupid because, you know, we all do stupid things. But, right. yeah, obviously she, she needs some some sort of intervention where she's going to realize um, her actions do have consequences and affect right. other people.
0: Yeah. I just don't want it to be a thing where, like, it doesn't even get to trial. Like, she just pays, like, a fine and then, like, off she goes. Because we
2: know if it was a black person, they'd the, be going to jail. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you. Like, obviously. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that. Like, they and, would...
2: And don't even, like, say, you know, if they're Muslim because, like, they are deporting
0: them. Of course, yeah. They, they
2: lived here 10 years. They're real citizen. They're gone.
0: Basically. I mean, like, they would, if it was a person of color, they would get the full maximum punishment possible. But because, you know, it's, you know.
2: Innocent white girl. She didn't know what she was doing. Who didn't know it
0: any she better. Going. She's 19. Okay. She's still exploring the world. Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, man. but I, what is
2: the thing, though, with the Starbucks and the straw? Like, you know, there's so many pictures, like, in the last year of yeah. people drinking Starbucks. like, But, like, in a weird way, like, they're like,
0: I know, right? Like, they're making out with a straw, what have you, trying to be cute.
2: But it's weird. It, it is weird. It's just just drink. Like, I don't... I don't get it. I and don't get it either. And it's just, you're not posing with, like, your phone or teddy bears yeah. or, like, it's just cups and straws.
0: Like, is Starbucks paying you for this kind of promotion? It's not
2: just the Starbucks, though. It's, like, any drink, you mm-hmm. know, with some ice in it and, like, a straw. Yeah. Like, I see, like, Selena Gomez and, and all that, just with the... Straws, I don't know. Maybe
0: it's a thing where, like, if you're born, like, after the year 2000, maybe that's a thing.
2: It's a thing. It's a thing, I know. Like, to
0: that particular generation, I would say. Because I, I don't... I don't, Yeah, I've,
2: like, there's probably... I can probably go yeah. online and find, like, somebody started this. Yeah, and,
0: like, I, I don't understand the appeal of all of that. You know what I mean? I and, just, like,
2: uh, looking off to the side, like... yeah
0: trying to be all stoic and I'm like no no it's
2: like get it rid of straws did you see the turtle video come on
0: <laughs> yeah man I don't know man this is uh anyone born after 2000 like you gotta let us know because we don't know what's let happening let us know yeah
2: please tell Exactly. Me. yeah
0: tell me tell me right now but uh <laughs> it's funny though because I when I heard when I heard about the story I gave her the nickname of Chuck a chair Chelsea that's oh, that's that's my nickname hashtag. for her yeah make, make that hashtag people Chuck a chair Chelsea it's actually a tongue twister a little bit Chuck Chuck a chair Chelsea, Chuck a chair Chelsea, Chuck a chair Chelsea. Chuck a chair
2: Chelsea, Chuck a chair Chelsea. 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 Oh, it is hard. I had to think about it a couple times. Yeah. How much would could would
0: worked wood, wood... <laughs> Oh man. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, um do y'all agree? Do you disagree about, you know, what her punishment should be? Should she face pr- imprisonment or should she be disciplined at the very least in some form or fashion? Either way, let me know. Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. And final topic before we get into the Final final topic of the evening. Uh, we gotta talk about Drake. So <laughs> earlier in the show, I started off with talking about how "So Far Gone" was a classic project altogether, and how it kind of set the tone for rap as we know it for the last decade, basically. Um, what were your first impressions of Drake when you when you first started uh, hearing about him?
2: Um. Well, my first impression impression was of Drake was, mm. oh, he can walk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah i grew up i grew up watching him on degrassi and he seemed so sweet and so for me it was hard to to believe some of the the hard persona that maybe he was given the attitude um and it was just like you know i went to school for for singing dancing and acting so you Mm -hmm. sort of i had teachers who who have children on degrassi and so you know how much power Degrassi grassy had.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so people are like, oh, how did Drake do it? It's like, he was on national television for years. Right. Like, he had a fan base. One of the hardest things to do as an artist is grow your fan base. Right. Um, so if you have a fan base, just getting <laughs> off the ground is going to be so much better. And, of course, Drake is super talented right. and creative and amazing. Um, but so are many other people. And uh, so, Yeah. For
0: sure. That was my thought. For sure, yeah. Now, when, when it comes to him being like on like a teen soap opera and what have you, if anything, I felt like he was kind of going against the grain for, for a hip-hop act. Like, if it was any other act in, in music, it may have been a bit of an easier transition. But I feel it because he was a rap act and some of the uh, distinctions that rappers... Have to go through "quote unquote" like you got to be hard, you got to be a gangster, etc., etc. I feel like Drake was kind of working against the grain in that regard because he wasn't any of those things. Especially when you watch the TV show, and of course he's just playing like, a character that's not related to him in any way and what have you. But. Perception is key you know, in all mm-hmm. facets of life, yeah. especially in rap culture, especially when you hear phrases like keeping it real and stuff like that. So I feel like he had a lot working against him in that regard, but I feel like at the same time, he came out at a good time because, ironically enough, rap was starting to transition out of mm-hmm. the whole gangster persona as far as mainstream is, is concerned. And Kanye had a lot to do that when him and 50 kind of had that little sales battle with uh, their albums coming out, and that was kind of like the turning point, I would say. Um, but yeah, with this project that he put out and, you know, for it lasting the test of time thus far, like he really did put his imprint on the, on the rap industry and even like the music industry as well. You know, whether you like him or, or you don't like him, uh, just because of the fact that what he did was so groundbreaking and so revolutionary as mm-hmm. well. And for me, you know, like, uh, I think I'll, I'll say this, uh, over the break actually, when I first heard about Drake, I heard about Drake as a rapper. I didn't hear about him as the actor Aubrey Graham. I heard about him through Replacement Girl with Trey Songs and what have you. Um, and then afterwards, when people started saying, oh, he's a uh, wheelchair Jimmy on the grassy, I was like, wheelchair? What? Wait, what? Yeah, he's on the grass. He's in a wheelchair. I'm like, why is he in a wheelchair? It's like, oh, he got shot. Sh- what kind of show is it? Is this like a gangster drama? Like, no, 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 just watch it. And so I watched I didn't watch the whole series. I just watched the episodes that he was in. Yeah. So I could, like, get an idea of, like, what his acting range was and what have you. And then I eventually did see the episode where he got shot by by the crazy guy or whatever. I'm like, oh. Oh, I started the...
2: watching it after that. So he was just always in a wheelchair to me.
0: Oh, okay. No, I watched it beforehand. Like, it's funny because beforehand, he looked like like a legit teenager, like, like 15, 16, kind of like in the middle of puberty somewhere. Mm-hmm. The hairline wasn't really, like, crisp or whatever. It was kind of, no, like, all that. over the not place. Not, yeah. Not it was kind of all over the place. He had, I. I'm not sure if he had braces in or not, but. I don't
2: think so. I don't think he had braces. He was like, he was a hottie.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, no, I remember seeing that episode. I'm like, oh, so that's how it happened. That's how he became Glitcher Jimmy. Okay. (laughs) So it was interesting, you know, watching that stuff. And then it was interesting just seeing his growth overall as an artist. Like he came out with his first mixtape in 2006, was Room for Improvement. Mm -hmm. Then a year later, he came out with um, Comeback Season. That's where I heard about Drake, you know, around that time. And then as I was going into college, that college for me was like the mixtape era for me because like a lot of artists were putting out mixtapes around that time Mm -hmm. for free download and stuff like that. And they were structuring like albums so that you didn't have the DJ screaming in the background all the time. Like you just heard the artists heard you heard what they had to offer. A lot of my friends who were really involved in the hip hop scene in Toronto at that time, they were telling me about Drake and how I should listen to this record and et cetera, et cetera. So the more I listened to him, the more I understood what he was about. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the hardest thing for him was to kind of get not necessarily get over so far gone, but to try and match that. I don't think he has, but at, at the same time, I don't think he should beat and I don't think he does, but I don't think he should beat himself up over it. Just move on to the next project, whatever makes you feel inspired, I guess. But yeah, that that project, man, I mean, that's kinda like almost like a gift and a curse in the sense because if you are challenged as an artist to overcome like your next project, like how do you do it with that you know what i mean like how does lauren hill for example overcome the miseducation lauren hill you know what i mean how does jay-z overcome the blueprint not nas with illmatic etc etc like everyone has that classic that fans beg them to try and top because it was so great of an album we want to see if you can do it again so i'm not sure if drake has felt that pressure but
2: and i mean i think a big problem too though is that once you once you sort of I don't know, hit gold yeah. and you have, you know, you have a label and you start having so many more people involved in what you're doing and there, and you become a brand. So, you know, your first project or maybe your second project is mm-hmm. truly like your heart. Mm-hmm. And then after that, then you have to, you're just adhering to, to so many different criterias. Like yeah. Lady Gaga, for instance, everyone's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's just, there's so many people involved that start making, you know, choices about what you're doing. Yeah. And and even like getting played on the radio. Like, you know, when he was just doing a mixtape, he was doing it in a way for himself. Right. And then once he was d- Drake, mm-hmm. then you know, he's like, Well, we wanna have a we wanna have a Grammy. So mm-hmm. what what does that involve? If you wanna be on top forty radio, mm-hmm. then your your hook better be like blah 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 right. blah blah blah. And right. do it like Three times in a row, and then like a million more times. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, that's not that interesting, well, you're not going to make any money being interesting right now. Unfortunately, right. radio needs to change.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you know the whole the whole hook thing. Whatever. I think he's just an. I think I personally think he's a natural with the hooks because I remember that same year that So Far Gone came out, he was on everyone's record just doing the hooks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like he just has a natural hook for for commercialized music, and he also has that underground aesthetic to him. Uh secondly i love how you brought up grammys because i'm not sure if you saw his grammy speech
2: no i heard about it heard about 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 okay
0: and i thought it was point of what he said like essentially he just said you don't need a grammy to have yourself validated as an artist because people aren't really there are some people who are the curators who don't necessarily understand what kind of music it is that you do so i thought it was pointed for, for someone of his stature especially to make that stance because he's like arguably the biggest star in music basically um, so I really thought it was... Pr-
2: I'm sure he didn't say that when he got his first one. Of, of and, course. Uh, or, and if he didn't have one, you can, you know, you don't need a Grammy once you have a Grammy. Right. Because you'll always be a Grammy award-winning artist. Right, exactly. But, uh, having that signature on your name is definitely going to open doors for you. Oh, definitely. So, uh, yeah. yeah! <laughs> so you don't really count it, eh? <laughs> so, no, I guess, I mean, I agree with the fact that there's great music that's not being, um, recognized. Yeah. But, um, I definitely think having a Grammy... It makes it
0: easier to say something like that, maybe.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Nobody is gonna. No one cares if you say that if you don't have a Grammy. Right. We're not even listening to you. Right. You don't have one. We don't care. <laughs> not so, on a world scale, of course. Right, right, Of course, right. everybody has their niche and has their fans. Um, but on that scale, yeah, he's he's on that scale because he has Grammys.
0: Right. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because um, his first Grammy, because you're talking about like when you when you have a Grammy, you're good. His first Grammy, you know, he it was for a rap album of the year for Take Care. And he beat out a lot of people, including Nas, which is which is huge because Nas is someone who's actually never won a Grammy before, which is mind blowing to me because he's one of the most talented musicians ever. Mm -hmm. And that's another pod for another day because I could (laughs) go for days on that. That's blasphemy because he's my favorite of all time. But Mm -hmm. again, blasphemy. So, you know. I guess it does make it easier for you to make a statement like that if you do have a Grammy already. But I feel like at the same time, however, if you want to continue to win more Grammys and what have you, then you wouldn't make a statement like that. So I don't know if it's him being content with where he's at as an artist right now as far as the accolades and the adulation, and what have you, or if he felt like he really felt the need to make a statement in that regard, regardless of if, if he had the Grammy or not. Of mm-hmm. course, it makes it a lot easier to, but I feel like someone of his position... It's like, oh, that's a well, interesting because I would expect maybe like a J. Cole, for example, right. to, to make that kind of statement. Mm-hmm. But for Drake, someone who's like a mainstream media darling, it's like, oh, it's a, a little rebellious of you, but not mad at well, it. I'm
2: pretty sure Alessia Cara said something very similar last year uh, about how just how there are so many artists. She won a Grammy and she mm. said in her speech, there's so many so much great music out there, mm. you know, that's not being represented and she said people making real music almost as if she was putting down her own saying that right. pop music wasn't real music but I'm sure what she means is mm-hmm. the fact that she has had to adapt a lot of what she wants to do to yeah. fit uh, mainstream Right. and I'm sure um, that's kind of what Drake is saying too mm-hmm. that you know you don't need a Grammy to do this but to, to get a Grammy you're going to have to play by all these rules Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because like Depending on what artist you're listening to, and depending on what genres they're from as well, some of these artists may have had to change up their styles and what have you in order to get that Grammy. Oh, totally, um, and to
2: stay relevant.
0: Exactly, yeah. And one of the few who I don't think necessarily had to change—he definitely evolved, but I don't think he had to like change from like, and do like a complete 180—was Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. I feel like with him, his music has always grown. He's always still had the same aesthetic to his music. It's just grown, you know, sonically and and verbally and what have you as well. Um, but I do feel like the Grammys, they, they, they don't always get it right. And when they get it wrong, they kind of get it colossally wrong as well. <laughs> like I feel like when it came to his, his first mainstream album, I should say, because his first album was Section 80, uh, but Good Kid, Mass City, that should have won for best rap album. But they gave it to Macklemore instead because Macklemore was a more popular mainstream artist at the time.
2: Yeah, and it comes down to, you know, you're winning for the album, but sometimes it comes down to the song. Right. And what song, you know, how big was your hit song on there? Right. And he had, Macklemore had that, that huge... Thrift ship. Shop and... and uh, was, what was the other one, though? Uh,
0: Can't Hold Us, City Can't Hold, Hold Us. can yeah. that
2: one. That was the song of the year, so right. in a sense, they, I, sometimes I think you just win because it was song of the year and right. the album.
0: and. And it matters on who's on the committee as well, and whoever's on the committee, are they actually listening to the album? Of or are they just listening to the singles?
2: I mean, all of those show, like, the fact that you see the exact same faces every time tells you that it's not just, it's about more than good music. Right. I mean...
0: And then, I mean, even with that album of the year category, that category gets very janky at times. Because I've seen within the last few years especially, you've had a lot of hip-hop and R&B artists that are in that category. Even at one point in time, I remember last year, that that category was dominated by hip-hop and uh, Mm -hmm. R&B acts. Like, Jay-Z was in there. Kendrick Lamar was in there. Um, Childish Gambino was in there. Bruno Mars was in there. And then you had Lord in there. And then eventually it was Bruno Mars who won. And I'm not mad at that win because he had a really good album. Like, 24 k was an amazing album. Like, New Jack Swing R&B, like, he, he put a stamp on it. And he's been validated by by uh, Parliament Funk and George Clinton and all these other guys, right? Um, I feel like, to the Grammy committee, that was probably the safe choice because he's done both uh, hip-hop and R&B and also pop as well. And he had, like, the the larger hits. But I'm not taking anything away from him I I do think he deserved that. Personally, I would have loved to have seen Kendrick Lamar win that award for for the damn album because that album was amazing. But I'm not mad Mm -hmm. that it was Bruno Mars. If it was Lord, I would have been mad. (laughs) But Bruno Mars, I like Bruno, so... It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about you know going back to So Far Gone and what have you? Is it a classic project? Did it make its mark on music? Not just hip-hop, but in music and, wh- and how we listen to music today? Either way, let me know. Share your thoughts at Cool Radio CC on all social media platforms. And finally, it is time for the final segment of the evening, the ones that you all know and love, that you've been waiting for. And without further ado, I shall bring it to you. <clears throat> Who has entered the shower walls of the hall of shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week, ladies and gentlemen? It is time for Wankster of the week. You were wankster, and you need to stop now, truth be told, I was going to give it to uh, Chuck a chair Chelsea for her act of stupidity. Good I was going to, but then last night, man, and this morning as well, it really dimmed my hope on humanity in some aspects. With that said, the Wankster of the Week goes to all the people in Southern Ontario who complained about the Amber Alert that was broadcasted last night. And the reason why I'm giving them the Wankster of the Week is because of the fact that in regards to the Amber Alert, it was later discovered that the uh, person that was broadcasted within the Amber Alert was found dead, unfortunately. And it wasn't like an adulterer. It was a child. It was an 11-year-old child celebrating her birthday. And her father is uh, the main suspect of this case, essentially. Now, there were a lot of people who were complaining on social media. You know, why why do you have an Amber Alert out right now? It's so loud. It woke me up midway through the night. And then there were even uh, reports of people calling 911 asking why there was an Amber Alert. And this is my thing right here. Amber alerts are meant to put out broadcasts for missing people, so that you can put the word out in case if you have any information that may lead to the uh, may lead to the discovery of said missing person. And no matter how inconvenient it may be for you, just know that there's someone out there who is missing their son or their daughter or anyone that is of high significance to them. And in this case, it was somebody's daughter. And unfortunately, that young girl won't be able to even wake up anymore because she is now deceased and on top of that and I know people are going to get mad at me but it's okay I don't really care I feel like if this person wasn't a person of color then we wouldn't see this outrage because I've never seen outrage like this before in regards to an Amber Alert as far as oh it woke me up at this hour of the, uh, of the evening what have you if this was a person and mind you we didn't no one knew. Um, no one knew what the person looked like, what have you. But when you look at the person's name that was um, documented within the uh, the Amber Alert, it was a person with a name that had an ethnic background that was not indicative of Canada. It was pretty obvious. So judging by the name, you knew it was a person of color. It was your best bet. But if this was somebody who had. You know, a quote-unquote North American name, whatever you want to call it, someone whose name wasn't of color, someone whose name was of Anglo-Saxon descent, like if it was like Tina Thompson or something like that, something generic like that, then I'm sure we'd all be banging and knocking on doors like, oh my God, we got to find Tina, guys. But because this person had an ethnic name and the Amber Alert came at, what, like 11 at night? I don't know what time it was exactly. Then people want to complain. I'm not saying that's fact, But I'm just putting it out there in the ether that I'm sure the response would have been a lot more different. I mean, how are you going to call 911 and complain to them about a missing person alert interrupting your sleep time? Like that has to be one of the most biggest first world privilege problems I've ever heard of in my life. And it just goes to show that humanity still has a long way to go in terms of self-growth and progression. So for all of you people who complained about the fact that an Amber alert was put out for somebody who was missing who then later turned up dead, you guys are the biggest wankster for that. Whether Even if this person was discovered alive and, and, and that would have been the better result, the fact that you're still complaining about it shows you how little worth you have for human life that isn't revolved around you and your own. So with that being said, you definitely deserve the wankster for that. Do you deserve it? 100% you do. I'm going to drop the wankster one more time, just like this. You you wankster, you need to stop Julia, what was, what was your take on that? Ooh.
2: Well, I mean, it's one thing to be cranky when you're waking up in the middle of the night. It's another thing to take the time to go and post it on social media. You know, I mean, no one likes getting woke up. And even if you, you, you wake up and you find something horrible happen, there's nothing you can do about it you know the best thing you can do is just be annoyed and go back to sleep right. why are you going to post about it especially knowing that the person has died mm-hmm. you know at that point just shut up yeah
0: and you clearly weren't that tired if you took the time to post on social media or to call 911 and interrupt somebody else's call that maybe of more importance and dire need
2: yeah i mean i think like my phone when it came on it just kind of it vibrated right Um, but my boyfriend's was like really loud, like the, the siren one, and it did go off three times. And so you weren't, you were, this is the first time it happened. So you didn't know what was going on. Um, so I think, you know, that's what people are are complaining about. But again, like, you you know, just, just complain to the people in your house. Why why Mm. would you take the time to to publicly go? Just why? Why, Why go public with it?
0: It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it just—it's just a reflection of the times they're in. It's—it's self entitlement. It's—it's privilege. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a lot of prejudice as well, to be honest. Because again, like I—I right. yeah. I firmly believe that if that person was not of color, if it was just some person with a generic Anglo-Saxon, name. yeah, exactly, then we'd be like, oh my god, hashtag find Sarah. But because it's somebody with an ethnic name, it's like, oh, why are you interrupting my sleep? For they're with their father. I'm like. If they were really with somebody who is of, uh, of a res- who is a responsible caretaker, do you think they would even put that down in the first place? Like, you, use your head, man. I don't know. I just...
2: <laughs> a lot of the complaints came, like, way after, too. Like, when it was, like, it was over. Yeah. And then it, I don't know why you're taking the time to...
0: Exactly. Like, if it really disturbs you from your sleep, then why are you tweeting about this? Go back to bed. Go back to bed. Like, th- that's all you got to do. Go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Okay. Uh, ow. I don't know. Either way, uh, Mike and is to stood the family for sure, and like I hope they 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 get justice somehow, some way. Uh, but nonetheless, we have reached the end of the show. So, uh, Julia, I want to thank you for coming through. Thank you. Yes, again, you're more than welcome to come through anytime. You are a cool of fame member, as I like to Woo-hoo! call it. Yes, so you already know. Um, any uh, future projects coming out?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll be dropping some new songs soon. Very soon, whenever I decide to get the album cover together. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Presentation can- is key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you, you learn so much on your first project, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Don't have a different album cover for every song. Right. So you're like, oh, I like this picture. Okay, one song. Oh, I like this picture. Now you're halfway through, and you still want to release some more, and you're like, i have to do a new one like does it make sense now to do one for the rest (coughs) of the other five like Mm -hmm. what to do now Uh, i don't know (laughs) um but yeah uh in toronto i'm playing march 16th at say what Mm. i'm in ajax um where am i in ajax blanking (laughs) check out my website julietines.com for all my events Um, but lots of stuff going on in march
0: That was a good way to plug in the website, by the way. I I give you kudos on that. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, But yes, definitely, definitely. And yes, as you guys already know, um, tune in at Every Friday night to listen live as well To catch the podcast later on uh, You can always catch the podcast On SoundCloud at cool Radio CC. We are working hard to gain that on multiple platforms We have it on Google Play as of right now We're trying to get to it on Apple Music and, the, Or sorry um, iTunes I should say And other platforms as well so make sure you keep on locked for that uh, But yeah follow us on social media At cool Radio CC. Next week we will not be in studio I repeat we will not be in studio next week But we will be back March 1st So keep it locked for March 1st We'll have some information on that And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. And as we get out of here, we will play the smooth sounds of Julia Times once again with Stand Still. So keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Every time I stand still,
1: I feel you move. But every step I take, baby, it's you I lose. Every time I stand still, Feel you move, but every step I take, baby, it's you I I'm here trying to try and make things work. Never knew how much this distance hurts. I'm leaning for a kiss, but somehow I miss. It got me going. Let me go, got me feelin' so good Now you mess with my flow